Welcome back to the Trap Once and Future podcast. I'm Mark and joining me for our State of the Union address is our usual team for Big Finish's 60th anniversary series, Keith. Uh, hello. Fraser. Hello. And James. Hello. Welcome back everyone. So a little bit later because they've rather inconsiderately put some 60th anniversary TV episodes out. Um, but this is the final chapter for now of Once and Future I've seen 12 months' time, we'll be reconvening for the, the coda, the mysterious coda. Bum, bum, bum. But I think this has been the most anniversary-ish instalment of Once and Future, having Maureen O'Brien and Carol Ann Ford and a return to circa 100,000 BC and a plethora of doctors. It's, it's felt like a, a good anniversary romp. What do you, what do you think, James? Uh, yeah, I, are we allowed to talk about that? Because uh, yeah, I know that obviously we've now had all the episodes of Doctor Who launch on uh, iPlayer, except for the pilot. Um, and it, it's uh, it's quite it's quite nice that you loop back to an earthly child in um, in this story. Um, I'm assuming not infringing any copyrights. Uh, <laughs> Just don't mention the BBC. Yeah, get away with it. I mentioned the BBC once, but I think I got away with it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he can claim his father invented cavemen either. So (laughs) (laughs) I think they were established slightly beforehand. Um, Yeah, I I think you're right. I think this is. um, I think when I first listened to this, and um, I put a a gif out with someone throwing a kitchen sink because that's kind of. Kind of how I felt with this one. It was like, okay, you, you wanted an anniversary special. Here it is with bells and whistles and and just about everything thrown in. And the, there's some really nice moments in in this that make it very anniversary. And I'm sure we'll we'll come on to that. Um, I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about the whole run of stories, but I think. As a standalone story, it, 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 it's, it's quite strong, I would say. It's kind of like Planetoid. It's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, I don't, at the moment, in my head, think, understand where the coda comes into it, because it kind of is all neatly wrapped up at the end. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's longer, slightly longer than the other stories. Um but it, it does rattle along at, at pace. So, yeah. Um, yes, I would I would agree with all of that, to be honest. Thank you for listening. Good night. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's hands down the most anniversary one. You know, it's, um, like you say, it's got, it's got all, all the Doctors in it, um, with a few notable exceptions. Um, one For one point, um it even like has the, you know, it makes it quite obvious at the end. This is a diamond anniversary present to you, <laughs> so it is quite, um, you know, unsubtle at some points what it's trying to do. Um, but I just think more than anything, it has that bit at the end where the Doctor is, in the form of Paul McGann, is telling us about the Doctor, and that felt very <laughs> anniversary to me. That felt. You know, more than anything, you know, this this is like a, a statement of intent. This is a description of who the Doctor is and what the Doctor 
you know the difference between the doctor and the union um which i thought really brought home a nice sort of cozy anniversary feeling for me more than anything else in in this story um yeah it was very kitchen sink um and it did rattle along but i think you know it did have a bit of work to do you know i've been saying about six six episodes now that you know this is like a season arc where you're going to have your finale that wraps everything up and lo and behold that's exactly you know what happened so i had to kind of get to that end point of explaining who shot the degeneration weapon how to undo it and you know all the rest of it so there's a few sort of bits tagged on i felt where you've got like the monk um squeezing the temporal iterator into the doctor's pocket and bundling him into the the TARDIS, which I felt a bit sort of like, oh, well, they've had to put that in just to explain something that was mentioned offhand in the first episode, which was nice. Don't get us wrong. It was nice. That felt a little bit bit tagged on. But overall, it was a very enjoyable episode. Um, you know, it it obviously had a, had a task to do, and I think it did it really, really well. It's probably not the strongest story in the run, um, but certainly, you know, the job it had to do to wrap everything up and feel very special and very diamondy. Um, it certainly ticked all the boxes for me. And okay, so what are your initial thoughts? Well, just listening to that shamefully, I've only just realised after you've said that that she was turning things into diamonds because it was a diamond anniversary. I genuinely <laughs> hadn't picked that up until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all jolly enough. There was a bit of techno babble I wasn't really following. Life's been a bit scatty of late, so... Perhaps my focus wasn't as strong as it could have been. But uh, yes, I at least managed to follow this one. Um, I loved how it was sort of kind of focused on Susan as well as the Doctor, because it's mm. she's like the first companion and she's kind of neglected by the main series, isn't she? But So uh, I was rather pleased it was focused on her. And it made sense from start to finish, more or less. Yeah, I think picking up on the point about Susan there, I think it's it's quite special having Susan appear with doctors that she's never been seen with before. Mm. She's in the five doctors with the first five, which is not with Tom Baker, and and here we get her with with all of them really, don't we? Uh, which is suggestion being that she doesn't survive the time war um, when the Doctor forward degenerates into the tenth Doctor. And, and has that pre-memory of, of some kind of a loss suggests she doesn't make it. So, and again, I suppose for, for Fraser, who you're not a big Finnish listener, when Susan talks about being on a diplomatic mission and asking if somebody's asking if River's working with the Daleks, yeah, uh, S- Susan does have a box set, one box set, I think so far, one volume, Susan's War, where she's been recruited by the Time Lords. Uh, in into the fight against the Daleks, and she oh, in right. turn recruits Ian Chesterton, doesn't she? Mm. Probably one of William Russell's last appearances, if not the last appearance. Mm. The big British ones, yeah. yeah. And she's um, River Songs in a story set before the story that cannot be mentioned. So they knew them in those yeah, days as well. Yeah, so, so that's one of the River Song diaries, isn't it? Where she gets involved with people before An unearthly woman, isn't it? Yes, where yeah. She's, where she's a teacher, teacher at Coldwell School. Yeah, yeah. So they all meet on Barnes Common before they meet at Barnes Common. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of intersections with different box sets here. They don't they don't massively dwell on that. Probably the the River Song being a teacher. There'll be a sale. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the River Song teacher stuff was was kind of explained well enough for us to to kind of get that that you know Susan knew River because River was 
you know, masquerading as a teacher. Um, so that was, you know, quite, well, not self-explanatory, but, you know, it was, it, it wasn't an issue. You know, I didn't feel, oh, I'm, I'm missing out on something massive here. And then the other big finish thing is that Susan and her son Alex came back into big finish with the Eighth Doctor. So when the Eighth Doctor talks about the pain, um, uh, Alex, who's the Doctor's great grandson, dies, doesn't he? And uh, in, in one of the stories, so I spoilers. Think that's uh, yeah. Sorry, I mean it's, it's been about about twenty years, I think. But <laughs> but he was back to life in a recent box set. So oh, was he? Yeah. Ah, oh, well, that's that's more of a spoiler. um but he didn't have any like time lord dna and all that kind of stuff didn't they yeah because they they kind of there's a there's a question mark over susan isn't there because or because the master's been affected by the degeneration and so is the doctor but river hasn't and river says that's because i'm not a time lord because obviously mm. she's a child of the TARDIS, I believe was what, how they explained yeah. it before. She was conceived while in the time vortex or something. Um, but they don't... The, she says that Susan isn't affected by it, but they don't go into any detail as to yeah. why. There's a line, isn't there? Yeah. There is a line where it's like, you know, I, I wasn't born on Gallifrey and you are, well... Um, Special case or something. Yeah, yeah or yeah. very much, I'll explain later. It yeah. was a I bit... Mean, <laughs> Natural born and not from the looms, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And they refer to her as Miss Foreman, so did she not marry David? How modern? Because yeah. she had four men. Could have been very progressive, Mark, and took her surname rather than his. Yes. Mm. After the affair with the sliver. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's a shame in a way that we don't get Eccleston in this one. Um, but we kind of had an Eccleston standalone. I never story even noticed where... actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I missed he wasn't it. So I have listened to it. I promise. Susan was at the very end, wasn't it? it was just, he picked up the distru- distress call from Susan. So yeah. there was a tiny bit of interaction between him and Susan at the very end of the last one. But in this one, he's we go through all the different generations including the war doctor in in this one Mm. um and up to 12 uh i'm assuming because of licensing (laughs) laws that you can't go go beyond that moment will she be in the coda i mean that's what well that's that's the thing is it it, you do wonder why are they going to pop up at the end yeah yeah you do wonder why it's there's a 12 month gap between the two stories because sophie aldred pretending to be her yeah, because because by that point we'll be in well, shooty starts Christmas, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, with the new series straight afterwards. So, yeah, I do wonder whether that's because you can't have whether, yeah whether the agreement has to be once the new year has started that the rights become available because yeah. the Joel Martin Fugitive Doctor box set was announced. Eight and never gone any further. Yeah, yeah. I suppose um, Sasha Devon. Yeah, um, yeah. So if it was, if the coda, because obviously we've had two versions of the master so far, if the coda was Joe Martin v Sasha Devon, I think mm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. If that if was, rumor has it, they are being a lot strict now. The new regime, because they were originally with um, Russell D Davis, they mm. would have things like uh, the master being a 
they'd be allowed to be used if they were um, going to use that in the TV series. And Queen Victoria as well wasn't allowed to be used yeah. because she was returning. So. Well, there have been a couple of clues on the Big Finish Twitter feed about the coda. Uh, it says mm. for... Um, does it say buy our products? It says uh, <laughs> there are reasons which will become apparent. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the more recent post says, uh, and this is just one of these kind of driving social media interaction things. The last Doctor Who character saved in your camera roll is the secret star of once and Fu- of the Once and Future Coda. So I think um, it's uh, it's obviously hinges around at least one one kind of uh, secret star, somebody who's only going to become available maybe once the rights. Yeah, fall mm. to them. So yeah, like you say, Sasha AI Van, Peter Cushing, knew it. Sean Martin, <laughs> or or maybe Jodie Whittaker. Oh, old Jodie Whittaker. I'm sure mm. Jacob Dudman can do Jodie. He's done everyone else in this one, hasn't he? He does. What did you think of the twelfth Doctor? If you've never heard him before, <laughs> um, it took us a while to figure out it was the twelfth Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh right, yes, he's mentioning hair and. There's a little bit of a rule, but it's aye, not um, a stronger one, really, is it? No, I mean it's it's it was it's it's a bit like recasting, isn't it? It's like the recasting of the first, second, and third Doctors, and obviously Tom Baker sounding as Tom Baker sounds nowadays. It's it's one of these things that you need to you need to tune into a little bit um, and really kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit harder. Um, I found. I mean, it's. It's 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 interesting that um, the second Doctor has appeared the least in all of these. You know, we had um, you know um, Two's Company where we had a good chunk of the third Doctor. We had um, uh, Planet Oid Fifty where we had a good chunk of the first Doctor. But there's been no real good chunk of of the second Doctor. I mean, what we have had of of him has been very sort of repetitive. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's only so many times you can hear, "Oh, it's a pretty pickle." Um, I think well, you know, he had other phrases, um, so it's 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 very much in that and of that ilk for me of you know I have to tune I have to kind of work a little bit harder. I was going to say what they did do though was they had um, you know just in case you weren't sure which doctor it was you had River Song sort of narrating oh here comes this is the one I actually married and then it was like <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the first one there were these sort of river song lines where she was just helping the audience if you didn't recognize the voice let me just fill you in a little bit as to my relationship with this one it's um, interesting because I, I don't think tom baker sounds that different but I, I might just be attuned to to big finish because i listen to a lot of tom baker big finishes i mean it, it, it's obviously tom Baker. i just think it's the cadence of his voice now is a lot slower and a lot um mm. you know older you know and I think you know this this series, you know, poten- had potentially had the, um, you know, it's it's the perfect means to kind of explain why your stars aren't quite sounding as the you would expect them to. You know why, you know, the first Doctor might not sound exactly like William Hartnell and so on and so forth. And, and as much as it's the degeneration, you know, you could have. Um, I think I mentioned it in. Um, in the first one, you know, you could have just had the Doctor fall out the TARDIS and Sergei and go, oh, Doctor, it's you, but you look so much older. And, yeah, that's the degeneration effect. And it's kind of there, you know. it's You don't quite sound the same, Doctor. It's, oh, yes, I'm in, I'm, you know, stuck in between 
degeneration. There's, you know, the, the, the mechanism was there to really kind of explain that. But I think at the same time, that's very much a me problem and not anyone else's. I think, um, you know, if, if, like you say, Mark, it's it's perfectly fine for you, then that very much becomes like a me problem. And, you know, I can't expect Big Finish to, you know, to, to write stories just for me. I suppose because he sounds like that in all the to- in all the Fourth Doctor series as well. So explaining yeah. it in this story, it, it would explain. Yeah, yeah. I suppose exactly. why it sounds like that for the other ones as well. But I think um, Jacob Dudman's Eleventh Doctor, I think, is oh, it's uncanny, isn't it? Is, I mean, is really is brilliant. Even if we're saying that his Twelfth Doctor is a dud man. Oh. <laughs> and Jonathan Carley's War Doctor, I think, is probably the best that Big Finish have got. I think in terms of recasting, I think it's. Uh, it's it's virtually impossible, probably, to tell it's not John Hurt. I'm waiting for the pun. Come on, where's the pun? No, I haven't got one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good um... pun. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a good <laughs> pun, Mark. Uh, I thought that was a good insert into because because we we kind of assume it was the War Doctor at the beginning that was shot by the degeneration because mm. it happens during... It was either McGann or the War Doctor because it sort of happens during the Time War. So we're, ne- we're never quite sure. Yeah. But then... But now I, we I, are. <laughs> and now well, we know where to put it on the shelves Now, our list. Yeah. <laughs> when we do our little list of all the stories in order, we know where to put it now because I have had all these things, a little paragraph all at the end of my list, <laughs> but now I can transfer the whole thing into the War Doctor. Into the War Doctor. <laughs> but I like the way that the Cut and paste Doctor... it as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good callback to the 50th anniversary where they the the union introduces the war doctor as that you know the one that the doctors don't like you know the when the yeah. when they're not the doctor when they're not united it, you know um and i and i go back to what fraser was saying you know that the, the speech by mcgann at the end where he's talking about actually we're all different but we're all the same and you know it the union brings out the war doctor to go aha no you're not and actually the war doctor is the same and you you know that from the 50th anniversary yeah you know it from all the big finish stories to be honest as well because he always says about how he's steeped in blood and he does the unthinkable and then he's always just a doctor in in the stories he they can't bring themselves to make him nasty he doesn't so, do yeah. anything that the doctor wouldn't just do uh, that's the ones i've heard anyway i've always sort of come away from them thinking yeah, he hasn't really pushed the envelope at all. Oh, I think that was that was really good as well because it gave you an opportunity for an explanation of the War Doctor as well. You know, this is the Doctor. Ah, like James says, oh, well, what about this one? He's not the Doctor. He's like, yes, he is. He's mm. the Doctor that we need to shield us. You know, that, that description mm. of him as he's, he's our shield, you know, that really fits just so nicely. And I think that whole, that whole scene was just, like I said, just really um anniversary like um and the doctors realizing their numbering system don't make sense so they're actually yes. numbering themselves <laughs> yeah and they realize it's not quite adding up yes, yes. <laughs> yeah it goes a bit strange after me there is a there is a throwaway line about future incarnations or or I, I don't know whether it's a reference to the timeless child because I'm sure at one point they go, or however many there are of us, or, or something along those lines, because yeah. they, they do talk about the numbering, but then they they talk about the doctor. Because Capaldi's too many as well, isn't he? So yeah. 
as far as they're concerned, Capaldi shouldn't be there. So yeah, yeah, probably not allowed to mention the timeless shell for the reason we can't have the fugitive doctor and the divine master yet. But I suppose they can make a little uh, kind and of lots of cross like people that. not buying their things as well. So yeah. it's probably better just not to mention it. <laughs> But yeah, I think we're, we're at the beginning we were sort of speculating, like you say, as to whether it was the War Doctor or the later Eighth Doctor that was hit by the weapon. And I think I remember in, in one of the early stories as well, I was speculating that the degeneration thing might have something to do with the Eleven because of the way the different personalities were bubbling under. And then when we had Two's company and the Two was in it, I thought, oh, well, it can't be them because <laughs> we've already dealt with that character and they've gone, which was a, quite a good double bluff, I thought, because then... I was uh, I was kind of searching around for somebody else that it could be. How's your Dalek master plan theory going as well, by the way? <laughs> We've still got the corners to come. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true yeah. <laughs> Central might still appear. Yeah. Yep. That <laughs> is absolutely who the secret star could be. They've <laughs> <laughs> got a big name in to play. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that the second to last photo in your phone? It's just like, oh, I've got a photo of it now. That's it. It's going to happen. <laughs> I thought because um, you were, you know you've got the two coming back um, in this one, or the, although through computerized, you know, digitalized voice to begin with, you just get keep getting the doctor going. Don't I know you? Sort of thing. Um, I thought the the union though was really quite a clever idea. I don't know what, mm. what you thought, but I thought it was quite a clever idea, and I thought. Moran O'Brien was just wonderful as this, you know. Arch... Not having read the cast list, though, I spent the entire like first half thinking, "I know her voice." It was. Here we think, "Oh God, who is it?" <laughs> who would have thought you'd have made such a brilliant villain? Because Vicky, I know it's it's a long time ago, but Vicky's so innocent, isn't she? And and exuberant, naive, and she's she's just fantastic as a villain. Oh, she is just superb, absolutely superb. It, it she just, I mean, the the, and her sort of interplay with the doctor, um, and then you you've you've obviously got she's in this weird relationship with River, but then everybody <laughs> in the universe, um, you know, you have that sort of interplay where she's like, oh, you know, where's my girlfriend gone, sort of thing, and it's like, oh yeah, she's she's off doing this, um, but then. When towards the end, when things start to unravel as well, I think it's a brilliant performance of all of those personalities and then trying to to come out. She she's trying to destroy the doctor, but at the same time, that the union is falling apart towards the end. And I, I just think she's she's just so good. Have you know, she's got such a range of she does the other personalities, isn't she? Which is yeah, like she does. She does you know. Yeah. Whereas before, when we've when we've had like um, the eleven and things like that, you've got you've got different people doing the voices. She is doing the voices of the other elements. Um, so I, I just I, you know I was in awe of her performance during this. I thought it was just a wonderful role, and she must have had a good time doing it. I, you know. Oh. She kind of admits on the extras that it's that the main acting work she gets now, isn't it? Is audio yeah. for various Doctor Who-related things. Which is a waste, because she's such a good... I mean, I thought when she did the uh, Tales of the TARDIS, she was like the 
one of the actors who most embodied the character she originally played. Mm. The majority of them are just playing elderly versions of themselves, really. But she was she was actually Vicky again. It was amazing the way she waved, mm. the way she behaved, the way she spoke. She was like still playing that character. She was astonishing in that. Mm. She was very reminiscent of Servalan from Blake Seven. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the vibe I got. That just that sort of like lamb silkiness and just authority and campness Short as hair. well. <laughs> yeah, um, I could really just you know it was kind of like yes, it's very in the Servalan mode. But um, the union, the character itself was was quite interesting as well. It was, I mean, I, I didn't quite make the connection that the union would be the 11 um but i did kind of you know as soon as i think it was the the lumiat um in time lord of morris said oh the union's a person and then you you just kind of think well it's a the so it's got to be a time lord the union what does that imply well it's rather than a you know a time lord that's warring with all their past selves it's one that is in you know, complete union with them, sort of. So I was kind of like picturing the opposite of of the eleven, really. Um, but ultimately, you know, that, that that turned out to be the Doctor in the end. You know, that that beautiful speech was the Doctor saying, "Look, I am totally at peace with myself. Yes, I have all these different people, but we are all one and the same, and we all stand for the same thing. And you know, that's what you are missing. You are calling yourself the Union, but really, you're not. You you're just isolated. You're just one." individual person the real union is me where i can flip between you know i can become the 12th doctor who has got more knowledge and experience so can just you know get the diamond array to implode in itself and i can flip into the third doctor who's my techno babble guy who can reverse polarities of shit and whatnot um, <laughs> and you know it's, it's like i can use my all my ex- expertise in my various different lifetimes because i am completely you know one with myself whereas you're not that's your you know your weakness really is that you've you've completely isolated all your past selves you know for for this piece or whatever that you want but also you know that's you know because you've done that you literally don't remember river song who just comes in and wrecks everything basically <laughs> that's that was quite interesting because they were both right that See, River Song does kill a Doctor, but much later in the timeline. So the Eighth Doctor, or, or the, the War Doctor in the Eighth Doctor's body, thinks, well, that's just a lie that River Song has told. Um, but also the Doctor's right in saying, well, the, the River's always on my side, usually, and, and, and yeah. has defeated the Eleven. You know, we've seen that in other ones. So that was, I quite like that, I the way they were both right. And it, it made the Union right to trust River in that sense, because... Historically, she uh, she does it's in the history books. Yeah, yeah that, that's the thing. And I liked there's it only occurred to me on the second listen as well that the two being the sort of cyborg sidekick of the union being called um, was it Operative Zero or uh, yeah, which is which is no number Operator Zero Operator Zero. Yeah, yeah so that was um, I thought that was quite a clever clue that it was what an incarnation of the eleven. But under under control, just has is is just as a number zero, so it's not the one or the two oh, or anything see, like yeah. that. So that was uh, that was quite a cool clue that I sort of picked up on the second, which I, I would never have got <laughs> uh, otherwise. Uh, I think, but it was uh, yeah, just a nice little touch. Yeah, much deeper than me. I like the bit where it was the Pertwee Doctor that put on the medallion. I just thought that was perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, sort of 70s, uh, 70s. I've had a much more shallow reading of this yeah. than everybody else. <laughs> kind of, because it kind of suits me. It's like... Because yeah. <laughs> the thing is, well, the, the Eighth Doctor says something about a laser disc, um, spinning like a laser disc or something. And I thought, well, that would be like um, an, a period-specific detail for that Doctor. So if the doctor, if the eighth doctor had had a TV series, it would have been in the nineties before mm. sort of DVDs and laser discs would have been like the modern thing. Um, mm. I thought that was that was quite a cool thing. The way, you know, just obviously for, for obvious reasons, the doctor tends to visit the period of Earth where <laughs> their series are being made. So laser disc being the thing for the eighth doctor, uh, yeah, seemed like quite a cool idea as well. Also, quite like more in O'Brien saying Chumbly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chumbly line was great. Um, and the, the the union mentions the Corsair, yep. which is the the Doctor's well, River's been mm, gathering Doctor renegades for it, which is a bit mercenary. Yeah, really, whatever they might have done, I mean, still like gathering people to be experimented upon. It's a bit uh, a bit grim. Yeah, she knows the Doctor's going to fix it all. I suppose. And, and, and I love the idea she has this like round or, or little cubby hole in the TARDIS which has got her time vortex manipulator it's just yeah. like <laughs> and her brandy yeah, yeah I was going to say it's like, it's like the episode where she goes oh yeah I keep the, the brandy in here it's, <laughs> it's um, a bit like Marge Simpson's pearls isn't it have you seen that yeah. episode of the Simpsons where she's like oh that's my pearls have been stolen and she just goes into her she's got a big massive ball of them and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh yeah I've lost me vortex manipulator never mind I've got I've got a job lot in the cupboard here. I got I got fifty off Amazon one day on Black Friday <laughs> deal, so I've got them all in the cupboard here. And and River's got some some pretty um, uh, outrageous double entendres. I thought in this one there was the one when she, with the caveman when she said about uh, just rub your sticks together, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another one as well. I, I thought that was a Douglas Adams line. Sorry, is <laughs> 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 that as well? <laughs> Well, they mentioned maybe a bit distracted lately. Like, oh, I just thought it was another call back to Unearthly Child. <laughs> well, I thought it was, but the way that... Yeah, it's just, sure it's not your filthy mind here, Mark. Maybe it's Alex <laughs> Kingston's delivery that makes everything sound, uh, sound very suggestive. I don't know. There was, I can't remember what the other line was as well, but she, there was another line that, um, that just sounded absolutely filthy. You're probably right. It is... It is it is the way Alex Kingston delivers those lines. Like he is saying some sort of double entendre every time she opens her mouth. Somebody asks for a double entendre and she gives him one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought there was a lovely bit, because um, you mentioned about um, Susan meeting Tom, because obviously in the five doctors that doesn't happen. Um, but I loved the bit at the end where, he went back to, I think, Paul McGann says, oh, there's someone who wants to speak to you. And then he becomes the first Doctor yeah. and sort of echoes that line about his beliefs, um, mm. which I thought was a really nice moment as well, sort of acknowledging Susan's sort of journey. Um, like you say, she she tends to be ignored by the main series, Big Finish, obviously, of... Um, brought her in several times but I just thought that was a nice little nod to say the first doctor was proud of her for you know for the things that she'd gone on to do so I thought that was nice yeah I thought it was quite moving that bit wasn't it lovely must be odd for her though because she's acted with so many people now who've been like pretending to be the William Hartnell she did with Hundle and she did with Bailey on um, 
was one of the uh, box sets, didn't she? Now she's worked with him, Noonan again. Man, yeah. she probably wasn't there at the time, but uh, and and William Russell as well used to do. Yes, he, so uh, uh, he would play Ian on the first Doctor in some of the early big finishes, wouldn't he? She's probably getting to the point now. She's done more episodes with other people than she's actually done with Hall. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's quite a nice story in the behind the scenes that she came to set on Maureen O'Brien's first day to to wish her good luck and everything. I'd never heard that before. And, it, and you know, sort of it was William Hartnell. Good luck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, I feel like you've you've heard most of those anecdotes, especially the, the ones that are from 50, 60 years ago. But that was that was something I hadn't heard before. But it was. That was quite a nice, uh, nice thing to hear that she did that. I suppose Morning Brian wasn't in fandom for quite a while, was she? So she's like some of hers would be slightly fresher than yeah some of the eye patch anecdotes. She talks about that in the in the sort of extras, doesn't she? She says, you know, for a long time I avoided it, um, mm. but now I'm sort of whole. I can sell books to them, so I shall yeah, attend yeah, these things. Get a lot of money from. You know, events and signing, and I've come back and done record because she did the ad, she did the um, trailer, didn't she, for the for the box sets, yeah, yeah, for the DVD uh, for the Blu-ray, and then she's obviously done Tales from the Tardis and uh, things like that. So yeah, she fully embraced now, but yeah, for a while she was fully embraced the cash, yes, (laughs) (laughs) and good luck to her. (laughs) Uh, But it was yeah. Like I say, she she was really, really good in this. Um, so fair play to her on that one. Would you guys like to see more of the union? Or if this was like a launch pad, and uh, would you would you prefer, would you like seeing more of this character coming back? In future the union box set. Yeah. Mm. I think more of more of. Um... Definitely more of Maureen O'Brien, yeah, because... She's I doing think... one coming up, isn't she? She's, there's like a new box set with her and Noonan doing it. Ah, right. But I think I think more of her as a villain, yeah, I think she's, she's got the potential to be a good kind of, you know, like a Rani-like sort of, yeah, evil, evil villain. Well, it's a character they return to quite a lot, so there's no reason why they can't turn to her as well. Yeah, so, no, that's it. When the Eleven's um, busy, they can always bring her back. So. Yeah, and I suppose she wouldn't be... The union anymore? Would she uh, after this? Because the, the the plans failed, and she she can no longer. And her other selves might be out for revenge because she did treat them rather shabbily, to be fair, didn't she? So. That's it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Maybe with um, the whole box set being at war with herself. Yeah, or maybe uh, uh, the guy that plays the eleven. Um, forgot his name. Mm, that's why I was skirting around it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, the, um, those two together would would potentially be fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's the guy from um, Rebel Flesh, isn't it? Mm, it is. I can see him. Can't think of his name. Though. Hey. Mark Bonner. Mark Bonner. Yes. Ah, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark Bonner and Maureen O'Brien together would be would definitely be one I'd be interested in hearing. I think I would quite like the Union and the Lumiat together. I think that mm, would be yeah. nice. Because I think one one of the things that stands out from from this whole run is is how many female characters there have been in it. You know, we've, it's been you know very balanced. Um, so obviously we've got. Susan, the Union, and River in this one. We had Lumiat and Livchenka previous. We've had Jackie and Lady Christina. Um, I think probably um, the artist at the end of the times. The Jenny, had the we least. had. Yeah, we had Jenny with yeah. the Doctor and the, and the Curator, but then you had that sort of like female robot as well. You've had Sarah Jane and Kate and 
also good. Mm. So there's, there's been quite a good representation for female characters throughout the series, I think. So I, I think I would I would quite like to see that carry on, you know, and if, if someone said, oh, here you go, there's, there's going to be a union and a Lumiat story out at some point, that's one I would be interested in, in listening to, to be honest. They'll, they'll squeeze Lady Christina in. <laughs> <laughs> Lumiat and Union, sounds like a building society. It does, yeah. Have you worked for them at all? <laughs> so how do you think, so thinking about all the whole series, did it change your view on it? With the last part, well, penultimate slash last part? I think there was a lot of effort to try and bring it together, wasn't there? It was like, we've taken sands from this story and this story and we've shoved it into this techno babble thing we've got to turn upside down for some reason I couldn't actually follow. But uh, I think they've, they've tried to make it a more of a unified whole with this. I think it was very satisfying when we got the flashback to the war doctor and the monk. And it made me sort of think if there'd been maybe more mysteries and hooks throughout that you wanted to get the answers to, it might have been more satisfying to, to have them all paid off in this and, and explained. But a lot of them, as we've said, have been quite sort of standalone. The Doctor's put aside his quest to find out what's what's happened to him to deal with the adventure of the week a lot of the time, hasn't he? And only found out things. In... I think it's also suffered because we've just had so much who. I mean, there was, a, there was an alternative universe where it's ended with Jodie regenerating. There's no future showrunner. There'd be nothing for the anniversary, so this could have been it. And I think maybe our opinions might have been mm. very different because it was the only who we were getting. Unfortunately, we're spoiled. We've got a whole new series coming. We've got a whole new Doctor coming. We've got, well, we've got new series on iPlayer. We've got, uh, we are rather spoiled. And this is sort of like, yeah. it's slightly eclipsed maybe. And I think maybe I'm not treated as perhaps as in the way I would have done had the world have been different. I think it's worked well for me. Um, it's, you know, going back to what I said earlier on, um, I've always looked at this as being a, a sort of like season arc, rather than like, like a, a flux where it's one story being told in, in seven parts. It's always felt more like a, a sort of like a bad wolf or the crack in the wall, arc. So, for this episode to really wrap everything up is is exactly what I expected it to do and. and it's done it in a really enjoyable way. I think the the series as a whole, um, it's it's like Mark says. I think there has been a couple of missed opportunities, really, in sort of like the script editing and producing arena to really tie things in a bit more. Has um, anybody listened to them all in a row again? No, no, no. So I, I also I suppose none of us have sort of listened to it as a whole either, have we? So, but I think. You know, I mentioned last time about in, in Time Lord Immemorial, you had that rhyme, and that would be the perfect opportunity to just scatter that throughout, you know, the previous instalments, uh, just as a bit of a, oh, what's that about? And mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of a hook, and like the union could have been mentioned, could have been the bad wolf, you know, you could have had mentions of the union more than what we did mm. um, throughout. So with a little bit more canny script editing, you know, just dropping a few bits, you know, inobtrusive bits here and there in the previous it's, six stories. Especially but, since they've been planning it for like two years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, or four years they've been making it. Four years, it's four years. Four years, four years, years, years isn't it? 
Yeah, I wonder yeah. if that's a result of the, the sort of four-year period and some of it was recorded a long time ago and some of it maybe more recently. I mean, at the same time, you think, you know, we just need to bring someone in for a reshoot or, um, I don't know, maybe some, you know, not understanding how these things work. I think this was, I think this suffered a little bit in a similar way to Flux, but not exactly, because Flux was like supposed to be this longer story arc that they then, because of the pandemic, had to condense down to chunky episodes. And it was kind of trying to be Monster of the Week, but at the same time, you know, you've got whole episodes of exposition because you haven't got the time to stretch it out. And And I think if I remember rightly from what I read and what I listened to around this, they actually added to it because they started doing it during the pandemic. And I don't think Eccleston had started when they first conceived this. So they, which is why I think Eccleston feels Mm, like a bit of a bolt on because he's in the episode pretty much on his own. The one that this one was, was recorded during the pandemic because they're not all together. So there's, and Tennant became available because of the pandemic and because his filming commitments had to be stopped. So I think they've, they've kind of had a similar influence on, around the pandemic, which has meant they've changed the original plan, but they've managed to add more to it. Whereas I think with Flux, they were trying to take chunks out of it because they had limited time. I think, I, I absolutely agree. I think there needed to be some more of a thread through all of them um i know we talked about the nursery rhyme last time it could have been you know when you get to this story and you discover that river's working with the union to to kidnap time lords there could have been you know oh by the way the corsair has gone missing or this you know you you kind of get that when you come to uh the lumiat and, and missy but there could have been some thread around Time Lords going missing, or more, because River is mentioned very briefly in the Lady Christina and Jackie story because uh, mm-hmm. that she's the one that links the two of them together to get um, to get the cleaning job. So there could have been more around that, maybe that that River had a hand in some of the scenarios leading up to this, trying to get to the the Doctor to to the end point um you know that being said some of the standalone stories were 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 very good and quite quite happily listened to them again in isolation to the whole piece but i felt that there wasn't necessarily enough to string them together other than the oh you know we're going to start this story as the first doctor and end up as the third doctor because of the degeneration and that was really the only thing throughout the whole thing that was consistent again apart from really the um christopher eccleston story because it's it's christopher eccleston at the beginning and then he he picks up the distress signal from susan and apart from david warner being in there as the alternative doctor there isn't any of the degeneration sort of flashbacks so it still works, but it. I just felt that there needed to be slightly more cohesion between the stories. 
Yeah, given given the what River's up to in this story of manipulating things, it's odd that it was only referenced once in a fairly minor way, I think, in Two's company. There, there could have been other little clues about her manipulation, mm. couldn't there, throughout the, the series? Like not having listened to it all again, there might be bits that we overlooked the first time that might actually make more sense now we know the story as a whole, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah I think a realist. Judging back, thinking back, because when did we start on this? It was like six months ago now, longer? So trying to remember yeah, the minutiae of things from that long ago, which, in retro, if we listen to it again, might make more. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, with, with what you're saying there about the way it's been made over so many years, uh, it has potentially made it difficult where, you know, you've recorded one part and then two years later you think, oh, well, I wish I'd done this in the first, you know, and, but I can't now and so on <laughs> and so forth. I mean, with with Chris Eccleston, I, I got, I don't know, it felt to me like maybe he's, it's part of his contract, you know, he says, I'll do, I'll do a big finish for you, but I ain't chairman. You know, this is going to be me. You know, I'm not mm. going to have another doctor in, you know, and I'm not going to have another doctor in my story and I'm not going to pop in another doctor's story. I'll do it, but it's going to be me. You know, well, what about David Warner? Oh, I, I'll, I'll do it with him, but not <laughs> none of the others. You know, that, that's kind of the impression I got with that, the way that was, the way there was just no other doctor in other than... I suppose why, why he isn't in the bit at the end, the sort of dimensions in time bit where uh, yeah. he's slipping between the different <laughs> incarnations and... Uh, because he could have recorded a line yeah. when he did Time Lord Immemorial to, to put in there, but it did seem like, yeah, I'm signed up for that one story on my own, start to finish. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't want to upset him really by sneaking in, wouldn't they? Mm. I was going to say, it's a, it's a proper anniversary episode. They had to put in the War Doctor instead, so it's the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in keeping. <laughs> But as I say, I had actually noticed Eccleston wasn't there, so it wasn't really missed the river. So. <laughs> no, I hadn't thought of that either. Another um, barrage of all the rest of them, it was like. Yeah. But yeah, you, you would wonder why he didn't record a line at the time of the other ones, I suppose. Too, well, I suspect but... that theory is exactly correct, to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they won't want to um, upset him because a uh, no. bit of a coup to get him in the first place. Yeah. So. Fraser, uh, treating this as a sort of a showcase for the many series of, of Big Finish, is there many, many, many series. Any, uh, any in particular that, that make you want to explore uh, on the back of this? Um, there's some and not some, to be honest. I think, um, you know, it, it has had a very sort of anniversary feel when I step back and look at it. You know, obviously, I've, I've been doing my, my blog recently and, you know, all the previous um, anniversary stories have come up in my top 60 stories of all time. So three doctors, five doctors, day of the doctor of all come up. Apologies to dimension and time. You weren't on the list. <gasps> start with, but you know, sort of an emphasis number one, I'm assuming. <laughs> Give it a couple this of days. <laughs> um, so obviously I've been kind of like, you know, looking at these and saying, you know, well, what makes this a, an anniversary special? And you know, the, the, the common themes is, you know, multiple doctors, multiple companions, multiple monsters, you know, all all in there. There's lots of elements, lots of time lord law is all in all these ones. So when you look at the story overall, you look at it and you go, well, that's really, you know, quite it is quite anniversary-ish. You know, it's 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 what you would expect Big Finish as a group of fans to put out for an anniversary. Bit of everything, proper kitchen sink, left, right, and centre. Um so 
and I did think I think I mentioned in, when we did the first one, I said, you know, this is going to be a good opportunity for me to see what is out there with with big finish. And I think some some have landed better than others. Certainly, um, Rufus Hound as the monk um, is one that I would be quite happy to 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 go away and listen to because he was just delightful from start to finish. Um, the Lumiat again, you know, I wasn't expecting that after after listening to Time Lord and Memorial. I thought this is very much how did I describe a Missy from Wish. Yeah. Um, you know, but having having kind of spoken to Melvin last time and you know heard his take of like the Lumiat being the the Master's Valyard, I think you know that's probably got some really good legs in there. So I would I would want to see that again. Like I said, with with the Union would be really fantastic. Um, others that I haven't really you know took off maybe is Lady Christina. Um, you know. Didn't really, I think you know, Lady Christina was uh, a one-off character, and there wasn't really enough in that story to start with to be expanded on. So, um, Lady Christina wouldn't necessarily want to go out and buy her set, but you know, Michelle Gomez, absolutely, um, something we're missing again. You know, especially if she's back with David Tennant, would just be, would be superb. Um, there's a few, obviously, like the the big finish. You know, exclusive ones. So your likes of Livchenka and the eleven or the two, as we've got here. Um, Livchenka, I don't think got enough to do last time out for me to say, oh, I really want, you know, to to hear more of her or or not as much of her. She was very much an exposition machine in Time Lord <laughs> Memorial. So, you know, that didn't quite win us over. Um, the two, I know the two is is kind of not really what you guys are used to because you're used to with the eleven not the two, so um, again, I'm not really, I don't know if I've heard enough of them to warrant, you know, going out and saying, oh, I'm going to go and buy 11 box sets now. Um, who else did we have? So, um, the Time War stuff. The, the Kate Stewart and Osgood do yeah. with the unit series. Yeah, um, Kate Stewart, I think, um, worked better on audio than she probably has done recently on, on screen. Um, so that was interesting, the, the sort of Time War stuff with um, I mean, obviously Terry Malloy's Davros was <laughs> was fantastic, but the other the other Time Lords in that were very forgettable to the point that I can't even remember their names at the minute. Ironic, this one was actually on television. <laughs> the general, and who was the other one? Ken Bones was the general, wasn't it? And then there was the other um, one. Yeah, it's exactly how I would describe it. Jenny's Jenny's got a box set as well, of course. Jenny, uh, maybe he's. Maybe if I was, you know, like book Jenny on a Christmas list. I think <laughs> the the caretaker or the curator mm. um, was a really interesting one because, I mean, that is very fiftieth anniversary. Um, you know, we're thinking back to the War Doctor, and it's a nice callback. But the ultimate callback has got to be the caretaker slash curator because that is the ultimate big finish character. Mm. It's it's taken base what was basically a gag by Stephen Moffat in order that he could get Tom Baker into that um, that episode. You know, it's like a throwaway line, a throwaway character, way of getting him in and big finish of, of took that and fleshed it out and made box sets and ran with it. And I think that's the ultimate big finish thing, isn't it? Just you know, taking these side characters and going, right, 12 episodes. <laughs> 
Stephen, he doesn't actually have his own box set. It's just, 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 just he's a, in the a, stranded so, yeah. ones, isn't ah, he? So he's he in pops the, up. He pops yeah. up in, um, uh, yeah, in, in other in other ones, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, but at the same time, it was you know it was Colin Baker playing a different role, and you know the difference between um, the curator and the sixth Doctor was you know pulls apart. So it was really fascinating to hear Colin Baker in yeah. that mold. Sorry, that just reminded me that that Maureen O'Brien, as the Union, calls him Sixy. Yeah, she, she yes. says, "Oh, yeah. shall we get? Shall we? Shall we find Sixy? All Sixy? Yeah, I thought that was a great, great one-liner. I like the Fourth Doctor's descriptions as well. He said, "Like the Sixth Doctor's a mischievous imp, and the Sixth yeah. Doctor's a bull in a china shop, and that kind of thing." Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. school teacher and mm. the dandy and the clown and. Yeah. Was it the bright young thing and yeah, fifth doctor is the bright young thing, and then the, the dashing young fellow is the eighth yeah. doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did they listen to cameo? Yes, oh, I missed that one. Doesn't go quite as far as the blonde head woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a lovely line from McGann, wasn't there, where he's saying, I, "I can see all my past, and I can see all my futures, and I can see beyond that the rainbow of possibilities." Mm. Yeah, even beyond um, there. Yeah, that's, that was really kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of maybe as much as they yeah. can say, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. a really nice nod to Geordie, but then I'm sure that's Philip Hinchcliffe over there. <laughs> <laughs> What's Graham Harper doing here? <laughs> so, just in terms of one you said there, you know, in terms of want to see more of the monk and and uh, and Missy, there is. There's one where Missy meets the monk, isn't it? And is the monk pretending to be Henry VIII? Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my all-time favourites. Um, is yeah, the monk pretending to be Henry VIII, and Missy being his betrothed. And uh, I mean, it's 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 a comedy episode. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I'm hooked. I'm sold on that one yeah. already. <laughs> and she's basically just there to wind him up as well, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> she's just. just... <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I, I don't know which box set that is, but that's uh, that's probably my favourite. The first um, Missy one, I think. The first Missy one. That's yeah. that's my favourite Rufus Hound monk story ever. Yeah. I should definitely <laughs> have to go and find that one. I think you're right in the fact that this may have bit sort of disappeared under the radar a bit with all of the other stuff that was going on because I I can't imagine when they started putting this together, bearing in mind how far in advance that they do that they would have any idea that we would be inundated as it feels at the moment with new who content and um it so it, it i think it's great that it's sort of come to an end in november when we've got the the anniversary month but there's now so much we're in middle three four seven for trap one are you reaping any any final thoughts on the union Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder what's left for the coda. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker. She's going to come along and she's going to explain the whole story yeah. arc. That'll be forty-five minutes. <laughs> Peter Cushing, <laughs> Jodie doing <Shit>. exposition. <laughs> well, she's used to that. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll behave. <laughs> the perfect recreation of an era. 
tell, don't you? <laughs> but there's nothing left to tell. That's the thing. It's, you know, it has been so much wrapped up. You know, so wrapped up completely with with the union. You know, what is what is the story that's actually left to tell in the code? I mean, unless it's a, a completely different time lord that's been affected, because we've got a couple of Ranis, haven't we, that Big Finish have used, I mean, sort of something along those lines. But then, why why would it be a year later? I suppose is the uh... yeah. Because didn't the the generation stop once they destroyed the array? That the idea mm. was that it, everybody should have stabilized at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so presumably, the master or Missy would be. Well, I th- that's the only thing I can think is that obviously the Doctor was, you know, cured by being in the array, close to the sands. And whatnot, mm. but then there's a line, isn't it, about the master where, um, whether he's like, Oh, is the master going to be, you know, heal as well? And she'll say, Well, you can't have everything you want. Mm. So, unless yeah. it's kind of like the doctor trying to find the master to to kind of fix the master, to, you know, so fix... maybe it is Sasha Devan then that's the, yeah. the secret guest star. That would, uh, that would make sense of that, yeah, if that's the loose end to tie up, is the master being healed? That's the only. I mean, again, you know, yeah. we're, we're kind of six months from the start of this, and you know, unless there is some loose thread in one of the stories that we're co- you know we've totally forgotten about, then that's the only thing I can think of where where the story can go from here. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, we're all free in twelve months' time. <laughs> <laughs> we can find an evening to uh, to get together and, and talk about it. We'll start planning it now. Yeah, <laughs> get, get, get our diaries out. Yeah, Tuesday is good for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for uh, for for coming back each month, everybody, and and uh, and discussing this series. It's been uh, been really interesting. To keep you know kind of the same team together to uh, you know follow the threads and uh, and our theories and see uh, see where it's all gone. Just shame you have have the outtakes, which are. Yes. <laughs> scandalous I'm afraid so, <laughs> and possibly libelous so we're not allowed to uh, mention them they've, all, the they've all been bleeped out by the Matrix yeah, we're not we're not allowed to <laughs> repeat any of those things that we've said if there's any consolation they were very entertaining so. if you want all the scandalous outtakes please tune in to Channel 5 half past 8 Scandalous and Secrets and yeah. Trap 1 yeah. <laughs> for a massive anticlimax <laughs> It won't be anywhere near as juicy as what we were talking about earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening at home. Uh, Don't forget, you can find all our previous episodes at trap1.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Please do consider leaving us a nice review or a star rating. It really helps other fans to find the podcast. Uh, Puts us higher up in the algorithm, I think, when people look for Doctor Who podcasts. So that would be great. Tune in next week for another panel on something else from the worlds of Doctor Who. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.